You are listening to St. George's Episcopal Church Sermon Podcast. We are an inclusive, growing faith community located in historic downtown Fredericksburg, Virginia. Learn about us on the web at stgeorgesepiscopal.net. Please pray with me. Gracious God, put into my mouth the words you would have me to speak and put into our hearts the words you would have us to hear. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Last week in the Gospel reading, Jesus told the first of several parables that we'll be hearing in the Sunday readings from the Gospel according to Matthew. Last week was the parable of the sower, And as I said last week, and I feel like it bears repeating, a parable is different from a fable. A fable is a story with a moral at the end. So the fable of the tortoise and the hare has the moral, uh, slow and steady wins the race. But a fable, I mean a parable, is more of an illustration set alongside something to expand our understanding and our, our imagination, to get us to ask questions and to wonder. A parable is meant to to open our hearts and our minds in in new ways. And so Jesus tells these parables to to compare to the kingdom of heaven. Today he tells a parable comparing the kingdom of heaven to a sower who sowed good seed in his field. And a parable is not a puzzle to be solved. There's not just one interpretation. So I invite us to, as we hear and consider these parables over the next several weeks, to to open our minds and let the Spirit use them to open our hearts. You know, Jesus tells the stories and to teach, and so that gives me an excuse to tell a story. So I'm going to tell a story. Uh, And then it's going to come back around to the parable, I promise. You're going to wonder where it's going, but it'll get there eventually, so just bear with me. And this story that I want to tell you comes from the recent trip that I took with youth and adults to Glory Ridge, which is a little camp in the middle of the mountains of North Carolina near Asheville. And this is the second year we've gone with a group from St. George's. I've been going since I was a teenager to this place. And it's a place where you go to work. You work with people in the community whose houses are in need of repair. It's a place where we go to worship and to, to praise God. A place to just be in community together and learn how to, how to love and how to be still and know that, that God is the God of all creation. It's an amazing place, and every time I go with a group, I'm always uh, amazed at at how there are challenges that arise that have little to do with the work that we've gone to do, but but come out of nowhere, and yet have uh, sometimes the greatest impact. And so for me, one of the challenges this week actually started before the trip began. We left on Sunday, July 2nd, on the previous Thursday, three days before the trip, I contacted our... the rental agency where we're getting the cars from, because the vehicles are really important. Not only do we have to get to the camp, but during the week we have to go out to work sites in the community and transport people and materials and tools. And so you need, you need, a, you need a vehicle with cargo space. And I thought we had reserved three large SUVs, like the supersized kind, and I called the rental place to arrange the payment, and they informed me that, no, we had three SUVs, not the supersized kind, so we weren't going to have enough cargo space. And it was the holiday week 
And it was like there was nothing available. And I, was, I started to panic. Three days before the trip, we don't have vehicles that are going to be sufficient for our needs. So I called the Baptists. Because what do you do when you need help? You call the Baptists, right? Because they've got, they've got a fleet of vehicles over there. The Baptist, uh, Fredericksburg Baptist. Larry Hahn is a colleague and friend. And I, I just, within minutes, I sent him a text message. And within minutes, he texted me back, no problem. You can take one of our van buses. And they've got, they've got three over there. And the small, I wanted to take the smallest of the three because the road to get down to the camp is narrow and I just wanted to make sure we could make it. And uh, so it's a 15 passenger van bus and I had to get on their insurance and I was the only one allowed to drive it and I took it for some test drives and I got, I got good at it. But I was like, let's just get this thing up the mountain and get us there and then we'll, we'll try not to use it very much during the week and hopefully we'll be good. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's 10 years old, it's running good, but I didn't want to test it, you know. So. So we get up there, and we were partnering with another group from North Carolina, St. Francis uh, Greensboro, and turns out they had had the same problem we had had with their car rental agency, so they showed up with some vehicles that didn't have the capacity that they were looking for, and we had, so we had to figure out how we're going to get all these people to all these different work sites. So it turns out two of the work sites were side by side, and uh, so it made sense to take our largest capacity vehicle, the van bus, to that site. And of course, it would be the farthest away from the camp of any of all the sites we had. It took about an hour to get there on these windy back mountain roads. And I, so I had to be the one to drive the van bus on these windy back mountain roads to the site. <sighs> so we, we, uh, we made it on Monday. We took it slow. We made it, you know, sometimes going very slow on those windy back mountain roads. We made it to the site. We made it back. Okay, maybe we can do this the rest of the week. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night, Monday night, Tuesday morning, and I was, I was worrying. Now, I had to use the bathroom, too. So I went to the... <laughs> I went to the bathhouse, because at Glory Ridge, if you, have to, you have to walk, you know, you know several yards, you know, 50 yards or so to get to the bathhouse. So I was awake, I wasn't dreaming or anything, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, wouldn't this be the way? You know, we borrow this vehicle, and, and I will say, when I got the vehicle, I was like, thanks be to God, you know, thanks be to the Baptists, thanks... And I was really giving thanks, but by, by the middle of the night, Tuesday morning, I was back in my worry place... What if it breaks down on these back, windy back mountain roads? You know, uh, that back tire is looking a little funny. Uh, you know, and wouldn't it be the way, you know, that, that I would be the one who would have to drive an hour to and from, you know, just like, just like some of my St. George's parishioners I was feeling with you all, that hour-long commute. Um, although it was a really beautiful commute, I will say. But you know, I just was like, ah, you know, can't believe this. And then another thought came from another part of myself. Not the part with all the worry stuff, but another part of myself. The part of myself that I think is a little closer to the divine. And this thought popped into my head. God gave you the van so you could use it. Not so you'd worry about it all week. God gave you this thing so you could use it. Not so you'd worry about it. 
needless to say, we, we made it through the rest of the week. We did have to put a little air in that back tire on the way home. And I know you're wondering, how does this connect with Jesus' story about the parable of the weeds and the wheat? That story where a, a landowner sows good seed in his field, but then in the night an enemy comes and sows weeds among the wheat. Now, as I was doing the research for this story, I discovered that the weed that is talking about is not just any old weed, it's a specific weed. And in the King James Version, you know, it's translated the, the tares and the wheat. You'll hear this parable called the parable of the tares and the wheat. And it's a, a plant that's, that's called the Darnell cockle. And it looks just like wheat when it's coming up. Very similar. Uh, and there, so there, was a, there, were, there were these plants that looked just like wheat. And their seeds are toxic. So if the seeds of the, of the weed get mixed up with the seeds of the wheat in the flower, then it'll make you sick. So it could be that the enemy was sowing not only just weeds to try to, to, to uh, mess up the harvest, but uh, to actually spoil the food supply. So, but the thing about it is this is not a stinging nettle. This is not a, a dandelion seed. You know, hearing this story as a kid, I had this sort of vision of people like going with those little dandelion things going like, you're like, we're going to sow seed, weeds among the wheat. No, this, is, this is a plant that looks just like wheat until, until it's fully mature. And then you, then you understand the difference between what is toxic and what is food. And so the servants of the landowner want to go in and say, you want us to get rid of these, get rid of these, wheat, these weeds? And he says, no, no, wait. Let them grow side by side. Let them grow together until the harvest, and then, then there will be a, a decision. Then we'll, be, then we'll make a separation, but not until then. Not until then. Let them grow side by side. Now, the way that my story connects with this story is that I, I was pretty convinced that this whole thing with the, the bus was a weed. An, a seed sowed by some, something to, to test me, to try me. I was ready to go on in there and, and try to rip that thing out, solve that problem, get that thing done. But the word came to me, God gave this bus to you to use it, not to worry about it. And that was wheat for my soul. That was food for me, nourishment that I needed in that moment. And so often we think we know something is a weed, and yet it turns out to be wheat. So often we're ready to rush in like those servants and start tearing things apart, and the wisdom, the good news of this parable is wait, for in pulling up the weeds you would uproot the wheat also. And this is what we have done. This is what the church has done over the centuries. Is we've, just, we've already decided who the weeds and who the wheat are. Jesus interprets this parable at the end. And I, again, I want to stress, I think Jesus gives an interpretation. I don't know that it's the only interpretation of this parable. And, and Jesus talks about the final, this final separating of weeds and wheat. And we're going to throw the weeds into the fire. And they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that's the Jesus we all love to hear from. 
Thanks, Jesus. Just love that weeping and gnashing of teeth talk. And we hear that and we say, I wish you wouldn't talk that way. But Jesus gives this interpretation, I think, not because that's the important point. Jesus is trying to reassure us that, yes, there will one day be a reckoning. There will one day be a separating out of what gives life and what is toxic and what does not give life. And, and what does not give life will reap what it has sown. But that day is not today. And it is not up to us to decide what is a weed and what is wheat. And yet so many times we have anticipated that judgment at the end of all times and we've decided to put people into categories and we've decided that it's not just even the the, the toxic plants that are bad, it's all weeds really, it's anyone who's outside of the cultivated order. Anybody who is not growing in the garden the way that we think they ought to be growing. And that's where I wish the translators of the scripture could find a different way to say this other than weeds and wheat, because that's that's what we end up doing. We just divide the world into the weeds and the wheat, the, the wild plants that are out of control and the ones who are just following all the rules. And yet the harvester, the, the landowner says, wait, don't go in there ripping everything up. But let it all grow side by side. Let it all grow together and trust. Trust that there will be a reckoning. But in the meantime, let's wait and focus on the growth. Focus on the fact that God has given us this life. Not so that we can worry about, to worry about it all the time, but so that we can live it. God has given us these hearts, not so that we can doubt whether they can love, but so that we can love extravagantly, even more than we could ever ask or imagine. God has given us so many good things, not so that we can worry about the weeds that are growing up with the wheat, but so that we can grow. So that we can grow with the grace that God showers upon us. God is giving us grace so that we may grow into the wheat that will become food for the world. And there will be weeds and some of them are toxic. But let's let God decide. Let's let God guide us in that discernment. Let's let God speak to us in our hearts and say, I've given you this one wonderful life. Won't you live it? Won't you live it?